0: My gift is leadership, so I'll wait for someone to give me a position of leadership, and then I'll lead. No, lead now, and someone will give you a position of leadership. Lead where you are. All right, so this is our 10th message in the series Dream to Destiny. We've been looking at the life of Joseph. Joseph had a dream when he was 17. He stepped into that destiny then when he was 30 and began to fulfill that destiny for the rest of his life. What I've been saying is that each of us has a dream from God, that God has a dream for you over your life and God has a destiny for you. But in order for Joseph to be able to fulfill his destiny, he had to pass certain tests that build our character. And that's what we have to do too. And so just so you know, uh, if you have failed any of the tests, God is very gracious and you get to take it over. So that's, that's what's great about it. So we've been going through these. This is the one where I'm going to help you understand what your destiny actually is and how to know what your destiny is, because some of you are wondering. So this is called passing the purpose test. Now, we're backing up a little bit chronologically from last week. Last week, we went to the pardon test, and Joseph was 59 years old. We're backing up 20 years, now he's 39 years old for the purpose test. The reason is, is because it's the first time that he's reunited with his brothers. His brothers come to Egypt to, to buy grain and he finds out it's his brothers and they don't recognize him and then he reveals himself to them. So that's what we're going to read. But I want you to notice how he talks to his brothers the first time after, remember now, they sold him into slavery and then he ends up going to prison and he's wrongfully accused. And yet how he talks to them, this is what will help you understand your purpose and how to fulfill your destiny, all right? So Genesis 45, verse three says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. And then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold in Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Now watch this, we'll come back to it. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will neither be plowing nor harvesting. And here he says it again, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, and to save your li- lives by great deliverance. So now, watch this, it was not you who sent me here, but God. In other words, you didn't do this to me. This was all part of God's plan. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of all of his house, and a ruler throughout the, throughout the land of Egypt. So, Can you know what your purpose is? And how can you know your purpose? So I have four points for you this week, all right? So you get a bonus one, all right? So here's number one. Number one, believe you have a purpose. You need to believe you have a purpose. Here's the reason you have a purpose. Because you were created by a purposeful God, not a purposeless God. Everything God created he created for a purpose. There's nothing that he ever created that it didn't have that doesn't have a purpose. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3:1 to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Every tree has a purpose. Every animal has a purpose. Every individual human has a purpose. God has a purpose for everything he created. But How do you know what the purpose for something is? You know by the way it's designed. So this is how you can discover your purpose is how did God design you? Because he designed you different than how he designed me. So I I brought something with me, and I'm thinking if we look at the design of it, we might be able to figure out what its purpose is, all right? So this is what I brought with me. So I'm thinking if you set this on the ground like this and you back up, you could have a ring-toss game. So that might be its purpose. Uh, If you take it this way and put it down in the ground, it might be a hummingbird bath, uh, you know, for hummingbirds, you know. Um... It, it might be that there's something about this that makes me want to do like this. So maybe it's a giant cookie cutter. Are you all okay? Would anyone here like some cookies for me to make you use this and make cookies for you? Okay. Now I'm sorry about this one I came up with, but possibly because it has suction, it could be a cap for bald men that won't blow off in the wind. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, I know. Okay, here's the point, we all know what this is for, right, okay, and we don't need to go into the details, okay. But the designer had a purpose in mind when he designed this, is that right? Okay, your designer had a purpose in mind for you when he designed you. He designed you specifically to do something that would help other people. And your gifts are designed for that. I was the kid that talked in class and I was the class clown. And look what I do now. (laughs) So God knows, he has a purpose for you. That's what I want you to know. God designed you, and because he's the designer as a purpose. By the way, um, we know what this is for. So in the spiritual, if you're a part of freedom ministry, this is what you look like. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that just tells you what I think of demons, all right? You just, you get demons out of people, all right? So, all right, so number one, believe you have a purpose. Number two, Understand that God is in control. This is one of the greatest truths you can understand. This is what Joseph understood, that God was in control no matter what his brothers did. See, the only person who can stop your destiny from coming to pass is you. Nobody else has control over your life but you. You're the only one. When God designed you to do something, you're the only one that can stop it. And you can get off track, and with God, it's so wonderful, you can get back on track. But here's what he said, verse five. He said, God sent me. Don't be angry or grieved with yourselves because God sent me. Verse seven, and God sent me. Verse eight, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Three times Here's what he told them. God was in control of my destiny. You don't need to be upset with yourself. I'm not upset with you. They sold him into slavery. He became an enslaved person at 17. And then he becomes a prisoner for something that he doesn't do. Don't you think the enemy could have said to him, you will never be able to fulfill the destiny God has for you because of what someone else did to you. And there are a lot of Christians who believe that. I'll never be able to do what God called me to do because of what that person did to me or because of what that person did to me. And I'm telling you, whether it was parents or uh, a pastor, abusive pastor, or, or, or a spouse, that person cannot stop God's destiny in your life. You need to know that. God is in control. And we know this scripture, when we talk talking about purpose, but think about this, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He has a purpose for your life, and he's in control. Here's another good scripture. Isaiah 55, verse 10, "'As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater,' watch, "'so is my word that goes out from my mouth.'" It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You know what you need to know? God has spoken a word over your life before you were even born. That's what he told Jeremiah. Before you were even born, before, you were, before I even formed you in the womb. I ordained you and I sanctified you for a purpose. I'm telling you, God has a purpose for your life and no one can stop. Do you realize that if you believe that God's in control, you're an optimist? And if you don't believe God's in control, you're a pessimist? I don't know if you ever thought about that. But if you believe God's in control, then you say you know everything's going to work out for your good. You're an optimist. So you need to believe that God has a purpose for you and you need to believe that God's in control. Here's number three. Discover your gift and your direction. This is important to knowing what your purpose is. Because why would God call you to do something and not give you the gifts to do it? So it's very important that you understand what your gifts are because those have to do with you fulfilling your purpose. And we have all sorts of tests to be able to help you to figure out your gifts. There are three categories of gifts. There are motivational gifts, manifestational gifts, and ministry gifts. I'm just going to hit the motivational gifts. In Romans 12, there are seven motivational gifts. You can see all seven of these in the life of Jesus, obviously, because he's Jesus and he's perfect. But it talks about us being part of the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we're only part, so each of us has one of these gifts. In other words, there is one of these seven that motivates you. You need to know what your motivational gift is. You need to know what uh, floats your boat. Uh, what, if you want you want me to go back to, like, my parents' generation, you need to know what churns your butter. If you want me to go to my kids' generation, you, know, you need to know what uh, uh, apps you have on your phone. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Josh, I should have asked you before the service what would have been a better illustration for that. All right. But the bottom line is you have one of these gifts and it motivates you. So let me go through these. Romans 12 verse four says, for as we have many members in one body, that's the body of Christ, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members to one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace, or another way to say that is the calling that God has given us, Let us use them. And then here are the seven. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, which some translate service, which it is the Greek word diakonia, which means service, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right, so I gave each of these gifts kind of a name and a a, a little practical definition to help us, all right? So the first gift would be prophecy. I call it the motivator. A motivator is a person who desires to motivate people to serve God. This is my primary gift. It's not a person who moves as much in the ministry of prophecy or the manifestation of prophecy. This is the motivation of my heart. My heart is to motivate every person I meet to serve God, to love God, to know God. So that's what makes me tick, all right? Second is a servant. This is a person who desires to meet the needs of people on a practical basis. This is the person that when you finish the meal and you're sitting around talking, begins to clean the plates up. Even when you're in a restaurant. (laughs) The third is a teacher. This is a person who desires to study and present truths to people. I want you to notice, by the way, all of these have to do with helping people. Whatever your destiny is, it has to do with helping people. This is a person who um, reads more than one book at one time. This is a person who has not just the basic Bible, you know, program, but the advanced one. This is a person who loves the Greek word. So I, I function as a teacher sometimes, but that's not my motivational gift. Number four is an encourager. This is a person who desires to admonish and encourage people. You can see it in them. You, 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 you can, I can see these gifts at work so many times. You know, someone will say, I lost my job. Oh, you'll get a better job? And then they say, my house burned down. Oh, it was old, you know? They just, they just no matter what you say, they're gonna encourage you. Number five is a giver. Desires to meet needs of people on a financial basis. I I have a friend of mine who uh, is is very successful financially and his wife has the gift of giving. And I told him, you understand, that's why God has blessed you financially so your wife can give all your money away. So, (laughs) number six is a leader. Desires to lead people through organization. This is a person who's very, very organized, all right? And the seventh is an empathizer. This is a person who desires to identify and empathize with people. Now, let me tell you something, by the way. Again, we should have all seven. We we should, at times, do all seven. Jesus did, we're part of the body of Christ. One's gonna motivate us, though. But let me just give you a little key here between sympathy and empathy. The more you grow in Christ, the more of an empathizer rather than a sympathizer you will be. A sympathizer means I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I sympathize with you. An empathizer means I feel what you're saying. This is very important because when someone is telling you something that's hurt them, first of all, there are people that don't even see their side. They they don't even see it. Because they're, they're, they're so concerned about something else. But the next thing you need to understand is that as we grow in Christ, you've got to get to the point where you say, that must have been very hurtful for you. I'm so sorry you went through that. You empathize with it. And there are people who had that gift. So everyone wants to know what's my destiny. Find out what your direction is and your destiny will take care of itself. See, here's what God was saying to Joseph when he was 17. Your gift is leadership. But he had to work some things out of him so that Joseph could be the leader that he wanted him to be. So find out, discover your gift and your direction. So here's number four. Determine your direction and be faithful. So once you figure out what your gift is, like Joseph's gift was leadership, that was his direction then, to be a leader. Think about this, when he goes into into Potiphar's house as an enslaved person, he becomes the leader. He's he's not waiting, see here's the problem. Most people are thinking "My, my gift is leadership so I'll wait for someone to give me a position of leadership and then I'll lead. No, lead now and someone will give you a position of leadership. Lead where you are. That's how you do it. You find out what your direction is. And then when he's not only a slave person, he's a leader, but then when he is a prisoner, he becomes the leader of the prison. See, he's already using his gift. So you find out what your direction is and you start using that. Now, here's, you're, here's probably what you're thinking. Well, pastor, you're telling me, okay, I have a gift and I have a direction But are there specifics to my destiny? I mean, are there specific things God wants me to do? Yes. Then the next question could be, can I know those specifics? Yes. Then you might say, when can I know the specifics of my destiny? Let me tell you when. After you do them. That's when you'll know you'll look back and say, oh, that's what God wanted me to do. Because if God told you the specifics now, it would scare you to death. And he knows that. So all he did was give Joseph a dream about being a leader one day, but he left out the whole prison part. (laughs) He left out the enslavement part. He left all that out. And by the way, Think about this. Joseph could have gotten so discouraged and thought that his brothers had thwarted his destiny that he didn't do his direction, which took him to his destiny. I didn't read you the scripture during this series, but it says that one day Joseph noticed, he noticed that the butler and the baker were sad. And he said, why are you sad? And they said, because we had a dream and we we don't know what it means. And he used his gift and interpreted the dream, which is what got him out of prison. But here's what I want you to get. If he was so consumed with his own problems, he wouldn't have noticed that someone else was sad. He'd have said, you think you're sad? I have something to be sad about. Please hear me, no one can derail you except you. You're the only one, and the only way you derail yourself from your destiny is to just stop trying and stop heading in the right direction because you can fail these tests as many times as you want, and God will just keep having you take them over and over again because he's trying to get you to your destiny. Joseph stayed on track. The Lord determines the direction. We determine how far we go. Think about I was born with a gift to speak. I was born with that gift. But how many people I could speak to and help was determined by how many tests I could pass and keep myself the right. See, what helped Joseph do what God called him to do was his faithfulness, his purity, his integrity, all of these character issues that God formed in his life. Uh, Let me read you one more thing. Uh, This is from the diary of John Wesley. These are actual entries written in his own hand in John Wesley's diary. Sunday morning, May 5th, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. (laughs) Sunday night, May 5th, preached in St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. The next week, Sunday morning, May 12th, preached in St. Jude's, can't go back there either. (laughs) Sunday morning, May 19th, Preached in St. Somebody Else's. I, I like the way he said that. I can't even remember which saint that one was. Deacons called special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday night, May 19th, preached on street, kicked off street. Next week, Sunday morning, May 26th, preached in Meadow, chased out of Meadow because bull was turned loose during service. Sunday morning, June 2nd, preached at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday night, June 2nd, preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came to hear me. Because he knew what his purpose was. And he was faithful. I'm telling you that God has a destiny for each of us to fulfill. And you don't have to know what that destiny is. You just have to figure out what the direction is and start heading in that direction. And God will take care of all of the details because God's in control. He's in control. Well, have you ever failed at life? You ever made a mistake? Well, join the club. We all have. But here's the great news. God, God in heaven has a dream for your life. God in heaven has a destiny for you to fulfill. I can't fulfill your destiny. I don't have the same gifts that you have. But God has gifted you to do something for him that no one on earth can do except you. And so here's the great news God is such a gracious God that He allows us to take these tests, and even if we fail, He just gives us strength to pass it the next time. So I just want to encourage you you have a dream from God, and you have a destiny to fulfill for God. And He is going to make sure that you get to the purpose that he has for your life i love you so much i love your hunger for the word of god we would love to hear from you if we can help you
1: in any way as you walk with the lord i'll see you next time as we enter the holiday season we have some very special resources for you and your loved ones for your gift of any amount today We want to send you Pastor Robert's two-part series, Seven Words of Christmas on DVD or as a video digital download. In these special Christmas messages, Pastor Robert explores seven words of prophecy given around Jesus's birth. Jesus came to set things right in the world that came from the curse of the fall. For your gift of $88 or more, we'll also send you Pastor Robert's Seven Words of Christmas book. In it, he explains in depth the seven words of prophecy and how they illustrate the story of Jesus' birth and how these words apply to our lives today. Additionally, we'll include a custom tea towel perfect for the Christmas season. And for your gift of $128 or more, we'll send you a beautiful platter featuring a hand-painted gold nativity scene and the heartfelt sentiment, oh Holy Night. Crafted from premium speckled stoneware, this versatile platter from Mud Pie will add a touch of elegance to your holiday season. You'll also receive a beautiful keepsake ornament book. Each page contains a Christmas devotional and scripture along with a foil-embellished Christmas ornament. Be sure to order one for yourself and everyone on your Christmas list. Visit us at PastorRobert.com to get these and other valuable resources today. As always, thank you for your continuous prayers and generous financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries. Living your best life isn't about having a dream home, wonderful kids, or the ideal job. It's about changes in your family, health, and relationships, When God changes your heart, you'll discover that there is so much more to life. With humor, passion, and clarity, Pastor Robert presents The Secrets of Living Your Best Life.